0: make it matter, got good things, got you Hoops and everything, get back, never get back
1: too soon Are you lonely? Are you there when I'm not in the room? Are you lonely? Only a part of this when you
2: choose Hello and welcome to the Point of Difference podcast. I am your host and coach of the Terrace crew, Matt Ricks. Well, three rounds have flown by. And we're up to round four, hotly anticipated. We're coming in hotter tonight than a Felice Kafusi shoulder cannon. Felice has just been suspended for four weeks at the NRL and we will wait the news on Jerome Hughes. There's a couple of guests tonight who I know are waiting with bated breath. They're planning their trades around Jerome Hughes. Let's get straight into it. Our first guest from London, second place, uh, third place. I make that mistake every week. Third place, 2014 overall finisher, two-time top 100 finisher, coach of the Casabonitas, Danny Boy Ricks. Danny, how much are you sweating up this Jerome Hughes decision?
1: Oh, it's massive for me because he's he's, uh, he's currently my premium halfback option. So, and I've got uh, uh, Braden Trindle sitting on the bench. So that's that's uh, devastating if he gets he gets suspended tonight. So it looks like I will have to trade him if he does. Uh I, I mean, Nico's, Nico's available, maybe. Uh, I don't really want to get Cleary with that break even. So yeah, it's big, big decisions for me and it might cost me a boost as well. But uh, yeah, in, ge- in general, it's, it was a pretty tough week for me. I've gone down to 17,000 rank and uh, back to the drawing board. I'm still very happy with my side. It looks very balanced, looks good, but I just, just can't get the output at the moment. So lots to think about.
2: It was a pretty tricky round. Like there was a bit of like, Weird team news and injury rumours, and uh, made it quite difficult to get your know, best seventeen on the park, didn't it?
1: Yeah, I got I got a bit burnt with that. I was I was very much captaining Harry until Dewey had the the rumours and murmurs around him that he was he was going to be out. So I had to I had to put the uh, put the captain on someone on the Sunday games. So that cost me a few points. And um, yeah, it's 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 going to be a very we'll talk about it a lot today, but very interesting what you do with Dewey from now on.
2: Our second guest uh, is back tonight after a very successful start of the season. He's leading the PodPod Pod contributors, so we thought we'd better get him on for a visit and say hello. It's uh, Coach of max Shark Attack, uh, Chris. Chris, welcome back to the PodPod. Pod.
0: Thanks for having me on, Matty. Yeah, been a pretty decent start for the boys, so hopefully I can keep it rolling.
2: What's your uh, overall rank at at the moment?
0: Um, Two thousand seven hundred ish off the top of my head, say, look, I was I was flying. I was in the top five hundred and then yeah, again, probably poor captaincy choice and um just wasn't quite the week for me. That Dewey thing you, scared me a touch.
2: What'd you go with for
0: captain? I went Val. Um I'd sort of talked up Val all week and then uh yeah just just I, I'd hoped he was going to go to fullback. Didn't eventuate and I sort of got a bit proud and just went him anyway and it cost me. But he still wasn't too bad. I think he had a 67.
2: Yeah, Val's an interesting one. He hasn't had many attacking stats yet. Uh, they've got that great run still, so I think he'll be a hold. But, um, yeah, unfortunately for you, didn't come off in the captaincy stakes. Um, I had a eleven oh nine, a pretty good score. Dewey stuffed me around. I played Katoa on the Friday night and uh, ended up reserving Dewey. Um, I could have gone with Preston. But I can't really complain. I played Alamotti over Warbrick, which I know is a big swing for a lot of super coaches out there. So all in all, good to get back. And uh, green tick went from 30,000th to 20,000th. So on the right trajectory, always feel good after a green tick. And, uh, yeah, feel pretty good about the team setup. Um And there's, I'm finding it really interesting this week in terms of there's not really black and white trades every week. There's a lot of different ways you can take your team, and this week is no different. And I can't wait to get stuck in tonight. Uh, 2022 major overall pod pod prize. So uh, we all know the prize by now uh, tickets to ran with course in the chairman's club and a game of golf at the lakes with the pod pod team. Uh, this is our last week. We're going to leave it open. So we've got hundred over 150 entries now in the pod pod chairman's group code, which is eight nine zero one eight nine, eight nine zero one eight nine. And I'll be taking a, uh, a screenshot at the end of this round uh, to close off entries and everyone who's in the group is eligible for the prize. Uh, Chris, I believe it's your mate actually leading, uh, Simon, coach of Parry Eels, S69, whatever that means.
0: Para Eels 69, Bardo. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's going well. <laughs> he was flying last year and he's been very cocky on the phone every time I've touched base with him. So, no, good work to Bardo. He's going well. Well done,
2: Bardo. Uh, all right, Queenstown review for the week. Tubes and Dad. Went pretty well again. Dad, Dad's going good, isn't he? Dan, the pod father.
1: Yeah, he's killing it. Very, very strong in that front row. He's got Harson Harson Harris, Tohu, just, just absolutely carrying him. Uh, and he's yeah, he's, he's done well. He, he was sweating it up on the weekend. I think he captained Reece Walsh, and uh, he turned off he turned off the TV after seventy minutes, uh, and Reece Walsh was on about twenty. So he was delighted to see the final SuperCoach scores. <laughs>
2: I don't know if it's true, but I, I read somewhere that Walsh was on zero at half time and then 21 at, at 70 minutes. So yeah, owner's definitely blessed there. Uh, Walsh is a pretty interesting one this week. Um, we'll talk about him in a bit of detail. But, yeah, it's how different everyone's thoughts could have been if he'd only pumped out a 25 this week uh, last um, against the Dragons. Um, but they uh, Tubes and Dad. So Dad won that one. Tubes had a bit of a shocker. Uh, 11-24. For them, let my score of eleven oh nine. For me and Dan, Chris and Jono, Chris, you still you're Karen, Jono. Let's let's face it, Jono hasn't has Jono cracked a thousand yet.
0: I don't believe so. <laughs> lift Jono, lift.
2: <laughs> Very tough start for our year, our man Jono. They, like this was his first real year of crack. I don't want to I don't want to lay the slipper in too much because he's not here, but could be back to the head to head ranks well- for you, Jono.
1: I think I think he was saying last year that he listened to our advice uh, with someone like Dylan Brown took him early on, and then none of us took him. Actually, took him at the start. So, I think he's just got to start listening to his own advice because he does he does sound convincing when he's on.
2: Yeah, he's the he's the best analyst we have. Just can't understand yeah. <laughs> Uh That's a that's a ten thirty eight for you boys, Chris, and you guys lead still on three two nine eight uh, tubes and Dad. Three two five five, and myself and Dan bringing up the rear. Three two three eight, pretty close overall. Yeah, very close. Six, 60 between it.
0: What about Andrew King? Put him in the circuit.
2: Put him somewhere. He's too good for this game.
0: Well, the juggler, the jugglers come out at Brookie. All
2: right, let's get into um, player and strategy chat for the week. Now we're gonna we're gonna flip this a bit. Um, we realise that, you know, team lists, we've been going through those. We're just going to give it a bit of a go to try and sharpen the pot up a little bit, going through position by position, uh, see if we can talk a bit of strategy for each position and isolate um, the key players in each position. And, uh, and and we'll see how that goes for the week. We'll talk a little bit about the games too, but as a uh, as a format, we we'll, um, I'm going to give it a try. So we're going to start at Hooker. Now, Hooker's been a little bit of a a tricky position for a few to start the year with um, very popular players, uh, Brandon Smith, Sonny Luke, uh, Harry Grant being the main three. But Dan, we'll start with the cheese. Last week he was very uh, popular sell uh, and he came out and scored a try with a line break, looked pretty good even though he was on the bench. Uh, where are you with the cheese at the moment and were you one of the guys who sold him?
1: Yeah, so I I, I ended up bidding in him and I was very glad I did because it brought in Harry Grant. So happy with, with running Harry Grant and Sonny Luke at the moment. In terms of this week, holding cheese, it's it's a big decision. Uh obviously they've got the buy. He's not he's not overpriced. He's I don't think he's gonna lose any cash if you hold him for a few rounds after this as well. So and he's a great second backup, second um hooker to Harry Grant. So I would probably look to get him on if you have, say, a, a cheese and Sonny Luke uh, in your in your hooker hooking options. But if you've got Harry Grant and cheese, I think you can hold him. That's that's pretty easy for me. Chris, what hooker combo are you
2: running with at the moment?
0: I'm running with uh, Harry Grant and Sonny Luke, so it's it's worked out just fine for me at the moment. Um, Harry's been fantastic.
2: What's your um? A probably probably two part question. If you didn't own Harry and you still and you still owned – so yeah. Like Dan said, Cheese and Luke. You're probably looking to go up to Harry from Cheese. If that's not your combo, would you still be looking to get Harry in now and not have to and not have to worry about it for the rest of the season? And the second part of that question, the second part of that question is, um, what's your plan beyond Sonny Luke for that second hooker slot?
0: Yeah, fair question. Um, I'd look. I'd probably be doing anything I possibly could to get Harry in. He just seems a cut above. Um, I think I mentioned it a couple of pods ago when I was on. You can get him and then you are sweet for the rest of the year. You're not going to trade him out barring a, an injury. Even He's a hold through origin. But uh, to the second part of your question, I am going to have to look at a second hooker. Hopefully, Sonny Luke catches a few more attacking Attacking points in the next few games, and I can jump up. I really like the look of Robson. I just don't know how I'm going to do that cash wise. Um, that's probably where I'm. I'm looking at the moment because um, I just like the look of him. He's a good player. His um, super catch numbers are pretty good as well.
2: Yeah, he was the uh, he was my pot of the week last week, and he came out with a try and an eighty-five. So I'll gloat about that one a little bit later. Um, Dan, there's there does look like. A pretty even bunch behind Harry for that second hooker spot.
1: Yeah, I I think Robson is the only one you could you could say over the next five rounds that can kind of take on Harry or get close to him. Uh, last week was the time to jump on Egan or Marnie. You're not going to pick up Reid Marnie yep. over 600k, so you can't you can't fathom picking them up. Cookie is probably the pod option. Uh, he hasn't been performing that well. He's dropping cash, and I believe he's dropping cash again this week. Uh, but if it, if he gets to say under six hundred k, I think he's definitely a definite option going forward. So you, you'd think a very safe option at the the hooking position.
2: I think that um, there's a, a viable strategy. I think this year because of the the way the buy they're playing the buyers with you only need your best thirteen. I think it's actually not a bad strategy to get your final hookers as quickly as possible beyond Sonny Luke, if you are a Sonny Luke owner, but even if you're not, because you can actually ignore hooker. So I think it's a, a perfectly viable strategy to get your two final hookers in, whoever you think are going to be the two best for end of season, as soon as you can, and then run those two hookers through the origin period and not worry about the position. Um, Dan, what what do you think about that strategy?
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's legitimate because a bit like fullback, you've only got the two slots there. So uh, you're not really going to bring in a cheapy for the buyer, the big buyer rounds through origin. Uh, in one of those spots because you kind of got to flip them out particularly if you your gun hooker who is likely going to play origin like Harry Grant has a rest or gets injured so it's really really difficult with only those two slots available so i would say i would be looking at fullback and hooker just stacking them with uh my keepers for the year as quickly as possible
2: yeah i think the there is there's a consideration that if you go grant and cook cuz cook's going to get to like 600k pretty quickly by the looks of it if you get grant and cook you do run a little bit of a risk of a rest in like round 14. So that if you are going to run that strategy, that's just something to consider there that you might either have to take AE that week or, I mean, it's probably unlikely they both rest, but it's just something to consider looking at like the fixture when they back up from origin or that sort of thing. Obviously with someone like Reese Robson as your second hooker, you're not going to get that. So or highly unlikely. I still think he's probably third or fourth in line for that New South Wales slot. Um. All right, let's move on to front row forward. And uh, it's been a surprisingly good start to the year, Chris, for some of these premium front rowers. And if you got that combo right, they're the ones who have scored really well. I'm talking about guys like Payne Haas, Tohu Harris um, and the like. What's been your read so far on, on front row and what's uh, how's your strategy played out?
0: Well, I started with uh, Taps and Christian Welsh as my two. Uh, I didn't go those two premiums. but you know, watching Payne Haas play, I just want to get him in. He, he was fantastic in the latter, latter stage of that game last week. And every year I've been, I've got to have Payne Haas. He's like, you know, you pick a few players that you must have. I don't know why I wasn't thinking this year. I suppose he had a little bit of off-field stuff in the background going on that probably scared me a touch. But watching him, uh, I'm moving heaven and earth to get him in. He's one of my trades in this week and Christian Welsh will be going out but yeah, so I'll have taps and um, and Haas, which you know I'll, I'll be pretty happy with that.
2: Yeah, I've got Tarpany and Welsh as well. Um, what are you thinking with Ha uh, with Welsh? Because obviously you're selling him on like a um, what's his, his price? priced Is he four sixty k now? Uh, he might even be cheaper. Yeah, four sixty six. Yeah, you're selling him on like a forty three average there. That's pretty cheap.
0: Yeah, I understand that. Um, It's probably more around wanting to get Payne Haas. I, you know, I see the Broncos draw and I just think, look, is not owning Christian Welsh going to hurt me? Probably not. Is Payne Haas, you know, missing Payne Haas going to hurt me? Potentially. That's sort of risk-reverse reward I'm looking at there.
2: Yeah, I think you're bang on. I'm just fuming. I I loved Haas at the start of the season and and went with tarps. Probably just got a bit starstruck with that offload and how good he was at the end of the year, but... This is the exact same thing that happened to me last year. I didn't start with Haas, and I got him in round four just as he got injured and started dipping. So I'm a little bit hesitant, Dan.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be trading up to Haas from Welsh. I think it's a bit of a bit of a panic move with Welsh. That that get that storm game was like the the forwards all all went really low. So I would I would be holding Welsh uh, at the moment. And saying that Haas is a, is a great option if you can if you can get him there. I think if you can run like something like Huss, Harris, uh, and then someone like a Welsh as your third front row forward or an Uto, that's that's perfect. That's fine. Uh I, the only thing that would concern me with getting Huss now is if Broncos go on an absolute tear and start belting teams, if I'm Kevy as a coach, I'm I'm pulling the big man off. I'm I'm giving him a bit of a breather. I'm only playing in
2: 50, that's 55 true. minutes. That but, would have been interesting the other I night. I don't think that'll happen. That would have been interesting the other night because he only he was only on, I think he was on fifty five before when he came when he went off and then he came back on with nine minutes to go and then ended up scoring ninety five, hmm. um, or ninety two. Yeah, it, it, it would it doesn't be interesting always, if, it, if they were if they were winning that game forty to eighteen in the seventy first minute. Would he have just left him off? I think he probably yeah. would have.
1: If I'm if I'm an NRL coach and you're saying who's the first front row forward you pick up as a as a real NRL player uh it's definitely painhouse um so it, he's just all about minutes if he gets 65 minutes it's just unbelievable if he if he gets gets benched for a bit longer um yeah you just it, it just creates a little bit little bit of a downside at 700k
2: yeah so he's gone 65 65 59 so it certainly looks like the plan the baseline plan in a close game is 60 60 to 65. yeah if they do go on a tear we'll see um, but, yeah, that was a nice straight-up yours, wasn't it, Chris?
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> cop that. <laughs> no, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be still going ahead with the trade even though uh, Dan disagrees, but hopefully I can give him the up yours back next week.
1: <laughs> Welsh, he will come good. He'll come good. He'll be fine.
2: Dan, just while we're on Welsh, um, I'll just bring Udukamano um, in because there's nothing really to say individually about Udukamano. He's gone well. You can kind of play him if you need to. Andy's going to make some good cash, hopefully gets up to around maybe 500K. Um, uh, probably a specific question around uh, if you started with Welsh and Udu Kamanu, which I know a fair few coaches did as like the cheap front row strategy, can you viably run with that now over the next couple of weeks um, and invest in your team elsewhere and just hope that sort of you don't lose too much ground at, at front row forward?
1: It's a really difficult one. I, I, I probably think you can keep running with it. Uh, only because Huss and Harris are now priced kind of, I think, closer to their average. So you're not getting any value for that pickup. It's it's purely for the points. Uh, I'm I as a non owner of Uto, uh he looks good to me. I mean I, I I would love him in my side right now. He's just gotta get, get those minutes, but he's still pumping out good good points per minute. So I think you can just do that and try to Try to jazz
2: up your side elsewhere. His minutes did drop to forty-five on the weekend, so that's his lowest of the year. He's still a—he's been, you know, one point zero seven ppm, so that's fine. He'll—he'll make money. He got that try, Um, so no dramas there. It's just—it's
1: just hard to go up to, you know, a six fifty plus player from probably what's on your bench is—is under two fifty or under three hundred. So, you got to find a lot of cash somewhere.
2: You're going to need that third front row forward through the origin period, aren't you?
1: You are. So, like, I don't mind it if you've got the cash, but it, it's it's only probably if you're not having to downgrade and, and weaken your side too much elsewhere.
2: Speaking of um, optimal third front rowers, Chris, a guy I want to have a bit of a chat about this week because we've really – he was on everyone's radar preseason, but I think everyone's now seen his role, really happy with it, uh, is Tommy Gilbert. And – like he to me, he looks like the perfect third front row forward. He's got dual status. He's only um, 537k. Um, one, is he on your radar? And two, uh, have you been impressed so far?
0: Yeah, definitely on my radar. I'm also I've also got Uto, so I'm I'm pretty well served there. But I do love the fact that he's dual, and I do love the fact that his role is now defined after three weeks, and his minutes are what we hoped they, they'd be. So I can. Definitely understand why people are jumping on, on Gilbert. He's he's looked great. And I think he's, um, I think he, like you say, he's priced pretty well for that jewel. I'm going to
2: strongly consider um, Gilbert. It's a bit of like, Dan, I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on a second row for the moment, but it's a bit of like him versus Eli Katoa for a lot of teams, I think, as well. Um, and you get that excitement with Eli Katoa and the upside maybe, but I just can't really see how Gilbert doesn't average 60. And that like equals really big value for that price.
1: Yeah, like you go, you know, Gilbert getting 60 minutes rock sold with his PPM and his base output. Uh, He's 160 grand cheaper than Payne Huss. So I I think he could have similar output over the next five rounds and he could get up to that 650K mark quite easily. Uh, So I think he's definitely a value option. And if I was going to bring in a front row forward this week, it would definitely be Tommy Gilbert.
2: All right, finally, uh, front row, probably one who we need to talk about is probably um, behind Payne Haas, the best performing front row of the year with a 73.3 average, Tohu Harris, dual front row, second row. Um, Dan, I'll stick with you. Well, I don't know there's a lot more to say about Harris. He's played 80 minutes every game. Do you think he's locked into that? And does his dual status give him um, uh, rank, I suppose, over, over Payne? And, and and he doesn't play Origin, obviously.
1: He will definitely need to come in at some stage. Um, it just depends on your team makeup at the moment. Um, I, I will be looking at him. I, I, it's it's unbelievable, three 80-minute games. Uh, I'm not sure. I didn't see the weekend as to we thought maybe the first two 80-minute games were because of uh, head knocks and injuries, but I didn't see the game on the weekend, but he's, he's got another 80.
2: There were injuries, so um, Mitch Barnett, Got injured. Only played fifty five. Wade Egan obviously had that HIA, which meant Jazz mm. had to play Hooker. So every week the worries, and I think Niekorre might have even got hurt.
1: Yeah. So that it's a big, it's big asked for him to play no, eight he minutes right. every week through the middle. Yeah. Uh, it's I, I think he's going to have to take a break at some stage. So I don't think he's a guy that's going to get up to eight hundred K. I think you could probably pick him up. Either, either side of 660K plus or minus 30, 30 grand. So, you know, he, you just might miss the boat if he has a few more 80-minute 80, 80 games and, and scores, you know, 70 to 80 points in those games as well. So it's a tough one.
2: Just a couple of guys' uh, question without notice here, fellas. Uh, if you could just give me a, um, a, buy, uh, a buy or avoid uh, quickly. Corey Horsburgh? Avoid. Avoid. Yeah, Scott at 95 with two tries. Um, does look good, but I think um, I think you can avoid him while he's still on the bench. Josh Papali Papali'i back this week as well. Uh, the other one, uh, I'm going to go instead of buy or avoid, this is hold or sell. Uh, Tino Fasua Maliawi, uh, 54 points um, on the weekend and uh, obviously coming off his ton the week before. That's two poor scores and one very good score.
0: I'm selling Tino at the price. Just hold, just hold. He'll he'll
2: he'll he'll do a job for you. His brother had a debut too. Little little watch on him. Didn't look too bad. Um, yeah, I, I think that it's tough. One Tino because they've got the buy in round five as well. Um, I don't think it's the mm. worst to go to a Tommy to go to a Tommy Gilbert um, from Tino. I don't I'd, mind that downgrade at all. With
1: with that buy, I'd, I'd hold him this week and flip him on the buy.
2: Yeah, and he's got to be forty three this week, so he should go up a little bit more. And he's a he's obviously a good yeah, play. He yeah, easy week.
1: flip, easy flip on the buy. Um, you get another look at a few people. It probably just means you miss out on someone like Tommy Gilbert, uh, but certainly you can you can have get get Huss or uh, or Harris pretty easy.
2: All right, second row forwards. Now um, uh, I want to start with a guy who he's not even on our run sheet, Dan, but. Uh, we spoke a little bit about his <laughs> prepod. Uh Hamale Okawatu, 60 points with two tries. Uh the Turbo factor is is real for him, hey?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, you know, they they relied on him last year, like who's gonna get us over the line here? And it was big Ola because Turbo wasn't there. So now if you've got Turbo out the back, like you're going to him and you should be going to him majority of the time. Still poses a threat if they look the other way and and I think DC plays a plays that right-hand side a bit as well. So he'll still get some tries, but it hasn't seemed to – his output, you know, in the attack and his offloads, and it just hasn't been there this year. So two tries and only scoring in the 60s is is not looking ideal at his price.
2: Chris, one guy who's probably not really relevant for classic, and I'm, I'm throwing a few just bombs at you here. Players not on the sheet, but our boy from the Sharkies, Britain, he's got a new name, Britain Nicara Um. 669K, he's averaged 73 so far. He looks really sharp. Um, could he be like a sneaky pot option in the second row?
0: I can't see why not. You're like, again, on the weekend, he just crosses the line. He gets attacking stats um, and he looks so sharp. Like he just, he could go on a tear where he scores a try consecutive weeks, possibly a double here and there. You know, I love him as a player. Um, yeah, probably, probably one to watch down the track. Um, just see how his output's going for a while, but yeah, great player and and he's sharks and he's sharks
2: buy sharks sharks buyers are a bit tricky. Um, round six and round thirteen, that makes I think bringing any sharks in besides Nico a little bit sticky. Dan,
1: yeah, it's, it's tough. I, I mean, that's that's what two rounds. They've got some good good uh, good matchups the next two. The sharks. I think what was also good for Nicaragua was Trendle. Trindle with that short ball, he, he he sells the candy so well that he's going out the back and then just throws that dart flat ball to to that lead runner. And he got two he got two tries on the weekend doing the same. And Nicker on that right side, I think he's been a big beneficiary out of that. So it'll be interesting uh, with Trindle not being there in the next couple.
2: Probably the um the guy on everyone's lips this week has been the mid ranger who has done the best. Um, there were some highly touted guys, your Trentley arrows, your Egan butchers. Um, you you Teague Wilton's to a lesser extent, but Ellie Katoa Chris is uh is the guy who scored consistently well every week. He's racking up attacking stats. He looks fit. Um, he's still you know in that mid range price category despite getting a, a rise this week. Um, I'm gonna ask you, could Ellie Katoa turn into a keeper? I think is probably the main question there.
0: He definitely could. Um, I'm not sure he's going to. It's a pretty hot field, second row this year. Uh, Murray, like Fafita, uh, there, there, there's a lot of back rowers. Like you've mentioned the jewel guys with Harris and Taps. It's a hot field. I don't know if he'll end up there. He'll go pretty close, I think. Trajectory looks really, really good, like you said. His output's been great. Um, I'd have him just below keeper status. But in a month's time, I could be eating my words and doing what I can to get him in.
2: Dan, I, I think that he's an okay buy this week. Um, I've considered get flipping Egan Butcher to him as a sideways mid-range trade, but I'm a bit off it now um, for a couple of reasons. One, I am just I don't trust him to actually keep his place in the team long term. I feel like his defense has been pretty poor and Bellamy might have a look at maybe swapping him out for a round. I, don't, I'm, I That's just more of a gut feeling. Two... Similar to sharks, they have a buy in round nine and round thirteen, and they're not like round thirteen is. If you bring someone in now, unless you're thinking you keep for the whole season, like a Tohu, that puts me off a little bit for someone like Katoa.
1: Yeah, I think I mentioned it to you this week. I mean, you're probably thinking the same. Like he is a he is a bit of a risk to get dropped. I think as good as he looks in attack, he doesn't give away a lot of penalties, drops a lot of ball. So that that would turn me off, but I think he's still value at his price. So if you if you think he's going to keep his spot, I think he's still a valuable pick up
2: even with uh, the buys?
1: Yeah, I think I think so. I think I think you it just depends on the other storm you have in your side. So I wouldn't be looking at him probably if I'm keeping Welsh Lairo Hughes, some of these other guys, I wouldn't be carrying too many Storm now and I wouldn't be picking up more Storm if I'm not getting rid of some. Uh, but, you know, I think there's still some cash to be made on him. I think he can still – he's a guy that can get 100-plus with a try. So, uh, yeah, I think I think he's not a bad mid-range option.
2: It's worthwhile saying as well, he's – like, everyone says he's got that attacking upside, but he's he's gone first three games of the year, pure base, 58-34-54. That's really strong. And on the weekend particularly when a lot of the storm forwards were shirking it a bit, um, like Welsh and Liero were both really low for base. Uh he he to for him to pump out fifty four, you know, he's he's showing that he's he's turning up every week and looking for that for that work.
1: Yeah, he looks he does look a lot fitter than when he was at the Warriors, so that's, uh, I love a good good base 80-minute back rower who can score tries. So I, I like the look of him. But as I said, the small risk that he doesn't keep his spot if he keeps doing, doing stupid things out there.
2: Just on those other mid ranges, I'm a Liero and Butcher owner, as I mentioned. Um, I'm going to probably hold Liero just at that price and try not to play him in saying that I might play him this week because they're playing the Tigers at home um, if I'm looking for a 17th player. Um, I feel like... Dan, uh, you mentioned to me, like, probably just needs an attacking stat and he should make another 50K or, you know, something like that. And then you can look to move him on before they're by. Um, Egan Butcher, Chris, um, I'm probably, I think he's, he could still do okay. I just don't lie. He's not passing the eye test, is he?
0: No, nah, not when there's other options that we've already mentioned here. Like, the Roosters are on a buy. If you can, if you can flip him to a, a Katoa, um, um, if you've got the cash potentially a gilbert in that second in that second row like i would be moving on um yeah i haven't been impressed with egan he, he he looks like a middle who's playing on the edge even a downgrade to schuster um oh that's that's a great call there's probably
2: mm. there's probably options there if you need cash um i'm i still might hold him give him one more week they're through the if they're through the but if i don't have to trade him but he's definitely on the chopping block if, if, it, if it makes sense for me. Um, Dan, uh, finally on second row, the Souths boys. So Kawal Matangi has been the real surprise packet. He's second averaging uh, second row forward behind Hopgood to start the year with 82 points per game. He's played 80 every single week. He's 730K, so he's no spoil on price. Um, could you entertain him now? I, I think there's actually probably some chance he plays Origin too with this form.
1: Yeah, he may play, play Origin. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure. I'd have to go through the the Origin back rows that they got. I think it's fairly stacked as it is, so he, he might miss. But Jeezy looks good this year. He looks big. He looks strong. They're they're going to him a lot on that right hand side. Uh, so, I mean, I don't. It's a very luxury trade in for me at 730k. Um, you've got to have a lot going right in your side to be bringing someone like him in. Uh, yeah, it's it's a difficult one to say, is he a must-have? Must I don't think he's a must-have at this stage, but he's certainly well done to anyone who bought him or
2: had him at the start. I think um, he him and Ola Kawatu might be chances this year because just looking at the teams from last year, Angus Crichton was there. You would have to think he's long odds to be back and in form in time for that. Um, then you had, like, Jacob Saifidi on the bench. Like, Kuala Matangi can play middle as well, so... Uh, yeah, Talakai was on the bench, and then yeah. their back row was Murray, Martin, and Yo. You would have to think, unless something goes wrong, that'll be the starting back row.
1: Yeah, I mean, year. I I could even see Martin playing in through the middle and playing Kalilamantangi and you, Murray. Yeah, Murray Murray could definitely. play off
2: the bench in the middle. Yeah,
1: I think Murray Murray could definitely play through the middle.
2: Mm, so that a might just be a watch. And then speaking of Murray, um. There's a lot, there's a little bit of chat around like people have been a little bit underwhelmed with his past two scores after round one. Everyone said, Oh, you've got to get him in. Um,
0: I don't know. Like, I think I'd probably be holding Murray though if I was an owner, Chris. Yeah, I'm an owner, I'll be holding like, yeah, a little underwhelming the last two weeks, but you know, his base is there if he's got the minutes, which you know, more than likely he's going to have. He's He's going to score well. He's one of those players you can just get, get in and you don't have to worry about him. He's just there for the year, barring injury. Um, I can't see a world where I'm moving him on, you know, barring injury.
2: Dan, I think it's purely sort of come down to just the way the games have played out. Like Cronulla round one, he kind of got those extra minutes. I think um, he's got those attacking stats. Like even on the weekend he got a line break. He looks very likely to put someone through a hole. With all South's middle problems now, Shaq Mitchell gone to Shaq Mitchell gone for two months, Tatola gone for a month, um, Hame Sele gone for another week. Uh we'll get to Sele season another time, but um, that's they're really thin in the middle. You have to think he's gonna have to play big minutes um, just to just to keep the quality on the field.
1: Yeah. No, he's, he's too he's too cheap to to sell for his stature. He's gonna get. He's gonna get attacking points. He can bust out an eighty minute game and get 60, 65 in base. So I, 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 don't see any reason to sell him.
2: Don't sell him. He's he's only him and Fafita. They're the only two really with a ceiling in two RF as well. Uh, look, look, if we put Hopgood to the side for a second, but um. Mm. They've probably got – I mean, Kuala Matangi tons up for fun at the moment, but like those – I would still contend that Fafita has the biggest ceiling in 2RF and and Murray's not far behind.
0: Send him off. Send the drinking edge off. Get him off the field. That was diabolical.
2: Let's move on to halfback now. Very interesting position this week. Both halfback and 5'8 are quite quite – I'd say they're a bit thin on options at the moment. Chris, I'm going to throw to you, uh, who have you got at halfback and what's your current plan for halfback in the short to
0: medium term? Well, at the moment, I've got uh, Swalker and um, and Katoa. So this week, I'm looking to to bring in Nico. Uh, so that's my that's short to medium. Uh, look, a lot of people would have held Cleary. He's got that high break even. So really looking for a halfback to take on. Uh, Cleary and you know Nico's the man for me. Um, then I was really, really looking at Jerome Hughes. So um, I haven't, I haven't got that news through yet. But um, he was another option I was really, really looking at. I, I like, I like the draw that they've got at the moment. With he's just, he's just a quality player. He always has high output. So those, those two were the two that I was looking at: Hughes and Hughes Nines. And
2: Dan, Nico is the man on everyone's lips this week. Uh, he's back, named for round four. Uh, he's burnt you and I with our Trindle purchase last week. Obviously, we're still going to make a fair bit of coin off Tricky. Um, who, like, what would be the sort of the, the 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 halves that people would have now who should be looking for Nico? Do you think this week? And who, you know, and and do you think that if you if it's not really specific, he serves a specific purpose for your team this week? Would you would you consider that like you can kind of death ride him till after the Sharks buy?
1: I, I think you could death ride him. It's it's difficult. Like I, I, if I was buying him, I would want him to go 120 plus the next two because then they've got the buy, uh, which he could do, but it's it's still a big ask uh, for anyone in Supercoach. But I think if you're looking at you've only, say, with the Jerome Hughes, uh, if he gets suspended and you're only one in, running one gun half out of four, uh, then I would be looking to get Nico. is. Uh, Clear is are hard to buy in this week with his big break even. Uh, I'd rather buy him next week. Uh, but if it comes down to it that you have to play someone like a Katoa or a Trindle, uh, it's tough. And then the other consideration is people will probably looking in at, some, say, flipping Dewey, uh, get get him out and maybe Schuster in. Uh, but then you're running Schuster and Katoa in 5'8", and that's pretty pretty tough. So I'm not sure if that's the option either.
2: I think this I think this week you can't play either of you definitely can't play Trindle. Um because no. he's on the bench. And I don't think you can play Katoa either because um a lot of people are gonna be running out cleary or Hines. So you just you like you're so far off the pace. You lose losing, like, losing ground. What about Sam Walker? Just to round that out, like uh, would you, so if you own Swalker and either Trindle or Katoa as your second five eight, a halfback rather. Uh, would you be potentially looking to move Swalker on to uh, Nico instead of Cleary? You're saying that the Cleary's be is probably a bit higher. Uh
1: yeah, yeah, I would be doing that. I, I mean, it's yeah. If if you have to play Trindle or Katoa, I'd be I'd be looking to bump Sam Walker up, uh, and then I'd say probably Nico is my choice. And then say in two rounds, if Nico is going to bleed a huge amount of cash because he has two poor performances, you can flip him to Cleary.
2: Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit tricky halfback. Like I own Nathan Cleary and I, I purposefully not sold him last week. I think my strategy is just going to be ride him out through the good and the bad and hopefully that he gets that sort of 150 score one week soon where he actually either hits his BE or he doesn't lose cash. So, yeah, so probably hold Cleary uh, through thick and thin and hopefully just get one of those big 150s. Uh, and my second halfback, I've got Trindle. Now, that's obviously not worked out as I'd hoped. I'm still somewhat fingers crossed, and it's probably just a wait and see as well, if you are considering Niko. Uh, it's the last game of the round. If Niko doesn't play, and Trindle does, you're gonna get caught with Nico and you're gonna have to trade him to Ben Hunt. Dan, how do you feel about that if you're a prospective Niko owner?
1: I mean, it's not ideal, but I mean, I'm I'm a bit I'm i I've got a thing for Benny Hunt, I think. Oh, would you get Trindle 20, 2014. Uh, you could potentially get Trindle, yeah. Uh, going to go up in cash again, uh, and you think play, that's a very tough.
2: And you think he'd play next week as well, one week before the buy. You think if Nico doesn't play this week, then he doesn't play next week either.
1: You'd think so, but it's yeah, it's it's just up in the air as well. Uh, I don't mind Ben Hunter's move, but he's he's, he's not going to make you cash, uh, and he could he could actually go bad. So yeah, I I would say look out for that situation, and it's a slight slight. Uh, Yeah, a slight negative for bringing in Hines
2: this week. Probably the most problematic position to start the year for a lot of super coaches has been 5'8". Basically, no one has performed at the position. Uh, Cameron Munster got injured in round one um, and really, no one's really stepped up, of course, um, besides Dylan Brown, who wasn't really an option just because of the price tag at the start and that tough draw. Brown's average 75, and then it's down to 63 for Ezra Mam, 57 for Adam Dewey. Now, Dewey is the most popular of those in terms of ownership. Um, uh, he was sort of above that 40% range. Uh, Chris, options for Dewey replacements. Number one, w- um, would you be looking to trade Dewey out? as a Because I don't, I don't think it's super clear. And then a, would you be looking to go up to a Brown or a Munster or down to a Josh Schuster?
0: Uh I I'd be I I am an owner, I'm holding. Um if I was to sell I'd I'd go to Ezra Mam if, if if I was to sell Dewey. That he'd be my option. Yeah, right. um, I've looked at the Broncos draw. I, I want I want Broncos. I want a few Broncos for the next six weeks. So Ezra Mam I'd be all over if I was moving Dewey on.
2: Yeah, so that's pretty much a straight mm. swap. Uh's Mams, Mam's uh, four, uh fourteen thousand less. The only thing with Mam, uh, he did ha- he did injure his knee last week, and he got it strapped up at half time. He seemed to be okay in the second half, but just a little little watch out for Mam. I don't hate that either. I love Broncos. Um, Mam forty eight with a try. Ugh. I, I I'm not writing it off, but it's probably not really one for me. Um, Dan, I'll I'll just touch on Schuster briefly. I think sh- if you can, I think if you have to bring him in this week, it's fine. He looks good. You're going to need him at some point. So even if he plays got injured um that's okay. Like you can you can keep him in your team now. The one thing I'll say about Schuster is I'm not comfortable as my 58 number 1. So I'd much prefer him bringing him in the second row for like a Dury or a cart ride or eventually. And it's probably not this week either. And I'm also comfortable with him as my second 5'8", so I'd probably be I'd probably be waiting a week if I could and then maybe move in a, a Katoa or a Braden Trindle to Schuster next week Um, as far as he goes. So that's, you know, he's fine to bring in, but just I would just be very careful about bringing him in at 5'8", at, at uh, slot one. Dan, in, in terms of the premium options to go up from Dewey, uh, Cam Munster, you owned him in round one and obviously kind of a you know, bit of a bit of a drama with having to trade him out then and then Dylan Brown who do you see is the better trading option out of those two and um and are their price tags putting you off at this point uh the price tags aren't
1: putting me off I think if you if you're gonna get Dewey out I think you've got to go up to one of them uh the other guys there that are kind of that I would I would look at is maybe Ezra Mann but at 600k I'm not so sure um AJ Brimson's a good player and can do well, but he's too too high priced, six hundred and forty k. So I, I don't really have any interest in any other five eight that's a, gonna that I think will score points. And like you, I wouldn't go to Schuster as my starting front row. Uh, sorry, starting five, eights, uh not even on the bubble. So if you can do anything, try to hold off on getting Schuster in until next week because there's always the risk of injury. Uh, so I would, uh, I'd either hold Dewey or go up to Brown or Munster. If you had, if I had a choice, uh, because of my team structure, if you're holding lots of Melbourne Storm, I'd say it's hard to then hold both Storm like Hughes and Munster. Or I'd rather go for a bit of balance and get Brown in, and I think Brown's pretty bulletproof with with hard draws as well. So uh, he's great to watch. So I'd, I'd probably lean towards
2: Brown. Just around round out five eight chat, um, a couple of guys who are who are leaking bulk cash, um, Matty Burton and Cody Walker. Chris um, would either Burton's lost the goal kicking. Importantly, he looked good though for seventy six. Dogs are sort of getting a bit of momentum now. Either of those sort of you know price dropping um, guns going to interest you at any point over the next month. Look, Matt
0: Burton doesn't, especially losing that goal kicking. I'll be keeping an eye on Cody Walker. Um, yeah, you know, he's got a pretty good pedigree, super coach wise. He's had some really, really big scores over the years. So if you can get him for a basement price for a, you know, a player of his quality, that's definitely one I'll be looking at. And they've had a tough draw to start Souths. I don't know when that eases, but at some point you think that'll swing.
2: Yeah, it it actually it doesn't get better for for a little while. I'll just bring up Cody. Um so Cody's only averaging 39, which is way down on his career. He did he did start tra- tailing off last year as well, but um, yeah, they don't their draw actually doesn't really start getting better until sort of round 11 when they got the Tigers, then Para, Canberra, Titans, um, and Dragons, and they actually play that key buy round in round 13. So I think if you're going to target any Souths um, attacking players, I think you're probably looking at uh, round 11 as your earliest opportunity. Uh, all right, let's move on to center wing, which is just such a uh, there's such a plethora of options. There's so many good pods. Um, there's emerging guns. Uh, the best cheapies are there. Uh, I'm really pumped to have a chat about center wing, uh, Dan. Let's start with the Broncos. It's been much um, much made of their um, really strong draw. Which one of these Broncos center wings are piquing your interest? You've got your Herbie Farnworths, Catoni Stags. Selwyn Cobo. Have I missed anyone?
1: Uh I don't know. It's probably, probably the best looking of them all, I think. But no, he's not center wing, he's is he? Wing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, they're all that's a good looking back line, I reckon. But for me, for me, Herbie takes a cake. I would love I would love to get Herbie this week. I think he's gonna go on an absolute tear. His his base output has been amazing. Uh yeah, I I would I'm very keen on trying to fit Herbie in somewhere. Uh, Stags, I wouldn't touch. Yes, he got the ninety on the weekend with two tries, but I still wouldn't touch him. Cobbo is a is a pod move, uh, and he can go on a tear. We've seen him ton up, and he's going to get lots of tries over the next period. So, certainly, the, I
2: think they're all fairly good options. But for me, it's it's Herbie. I'm with you. Herbie's just a dreamboat um, in the super yeah. in the super coach department. Um,
1: yes, Dylan, I'm pretty sure I called him a dreamboat in our WhatsApp. I just chat thought it was day. good.
2: I just thought it was a good description. <laughs> I, I like it his dream, but his the amount of runs he's having is he's like so willing to get in there and do it, and he looks so dangerous with ball in hand and a bit of time and space. Um, what I like about Brisbane, and this might be some research, a uh, bit of a research project, is they're really attacked, they're really um, got very um, nice plans about which side of the um, opposition defense they want to target. So, obviously. The week prior, we saw them go hard at the, at the Cowboys' right-hand side, the Broncos' left, around Jeremiah Nane and Chad Townsend. And this week, they went much harder on the um, Dragons' left edge. And that obviously was benefit to Stags who had two tries and a try assist. Uh, very happy owner right here to get as 90 away. That saves me a lot of headaches. Um, but I think Herbie is just – I'm with you. I, he's priced at a 58, roughly, and – I just can't see him averaging less than 65 over the next month, and I think he could even he could have a few tons. I think it's a
0: really good point you raised the the side they've been going, and then they're playing the Dolphins this week. If I'm not mistaken, Kafusi plays on Herbie's edge, so Herbie could be in for a really big one this weekend.
2: Yeah, so he's going to be. I don't even know who they're going to bring in there because they they bought Connolly Lemu Lemu in um, to replace Kenny Bromwich on the left. So I'm not sure what they're going to what they're going to do to to um. To do to replace him, but yeah, that's um, like
1: Bromage probably goes to an edge. Potentially,
2: yeah, potentially. But
1: not you would have and someone think, else through the middle.
2: Yeah. So but I don't know who they'll put on on Felice's edge. But um you'd have to think Ezra M's pretty happy to not be having to worry about Big Felice <laughs> taking him out. Oh yeah. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Um uh Dan, uh Jacob Carraz was the most purchased player last week. He went from one percent ownership to twenty. Um He's 644K now, and he's my big decision of the week for a trade-in. I was really relieved to get away with him only scoring 62 on the weekend. The bad news was it was 62 all in base and base attack. Um, Is he still a viable option at 644K?
1: Oh, I'm so glad I bought him. Like I bought him and captained him because of the Dewey debacle last week, but that's the first time I've watched him very, very closely. And my God, he is, a, he is an amazing player at the moment. Uh, the amount of hard running he does out of out of the back end, it's basically a run every set. He's making tackle breaks. He's He's busting... Busting the line nearly every time, and he, may, he creates so much momentum for that Bulldogs team. They, I think, they scored maybe two tries just off the back of his momentum, getting a, a good solid hit up. So, uh, I really like him. It's it's really tough at his price now. You know, six hundred and forty k. I'm I'm not sure if he if he goes 700 plus that he keeps above that. Uh, so it is definitely a now or never decision, uh, but. If you look at say going down from him, you've got the likes of Lockie Miller, you've got the likes of Herbie. They're 30k cheaper. And I think they can also match him for points over the next five or six
2: rounds quite easily. How does he how does he go wrong? Like for like how do I how do this is a question for me. And I think it'll be a question for a fair few um super coaches out there who didn't bring him in. Like I feel nervous not owning him as his this sort of season's like sort of Uh, Isaiah Papali from a couple of years ago or Nico Hines last year. He's got that sort of vibe about him. How does, can he go wrong? Like can he, could he, could we see some scores of sort of 40 or 50?
1: Mm, It's tough to see given, it's hard for me to sell when I've only watched him very closely for one game. Uh, But I think he'll, he'll probably be like a Brian Tottenham. Maybe, maybe the random 40 pointer here or there, but generally good quality output. And if if Bulldogs are going well, then then potentially there's a, a fair few tries in him as well. It was tough to watch. They didn't go down the right a bit, like you were saying. Some teams will will target a particular side. The Bulldogs definitely targeted the left edge on the weekend. Um, didn't go down the right very often, so he wasn't on the many at the end of many backline plays. But in saying that, he still he still punched out a 62. So is a fairly safe option to bring in and lock him away for your centre wing.
2: Chris, um, the more premium options, um, uh, Val Holmes and Garrick particularly, Lockie Miller, Dan mentioned as well. Like, are any of those guys on your radar for now? And like, is it a viable strategy um, to bring in a a premium at at um at center wing? You know, they've all got sort of positives. Garrick looks red hot on the end of that manly backline with Turbo pulling the strings. Val has the run. He hasn't really had an attacking stat yet. He's dropped in a little bit of price. Lockie Miller looks like a a mini Tedesco, Uh, like are these kind of like premium guys on the radar for you?
0: Well, I'm a VAL owner and I'll be definitely holding VAL. Garrick, every time Turbo's fit and firing, you've got to be looking at Garrick if you don't have him. He can just turn up at will. Um, I Look, I think think they're all viable options, but at the same time, a lot of people are owning a lot of cash cows in that centre wing. So for this time of year, just – let let those cows fatten up, and then bring them in later on. Um, unless unless there's a desperate need to, I'd I'd um, you know obviously always watching them. But uh, no, I'm I'm comfortable just to just to fatten up my cows and and um, catch them later on in the year. Yeah, they're, and they're all they're
2: all they're all fattening too. Like Alamotti is probably the pick of them. Um, Will Warbrick's probably the you know Cam Pereira. Look, you know got two tries on the weekend. He's going to make some coin now. Um, Warbrick, even like he had a poor game on the weekend, but if he holds his spot, like it doesn't feel particularly good, like good super coaching to sell a Melbourne Storm winger at 217,000.
1: No, no, it's, it's all about holding his spot. He's you keep him, he'll he, if he jags a double, he's going to make 100, 150k pretty quickly. So, uh, I wouldn't be looking to try to upgrade. Four hundred grand to someone else and potentially lose out on two hundred k worth of uh, cash
2: generation. Dan, one one I did want to talk to you about there um, is Hammer because a lot would have bought him in last week. Um, He's uh, he's over four hundred thousand now. If you do want to bring in like a Karaz or a Herbie or or a Garrick, like I think that that's okay. My question to you is: Is it okay to trade out a Hammer with a minus five be having made that sort of hundred k? In a week. No, not this
1: week. If you've particularly if you just bought him in last week, you've brought him in for the cash generation and he's still going to make cash this week. He he again, you know, he's he's going well above where I thought he was. He's if he gets another try this weekend, you know, he's he's gonna make some great cash for you again. So I wouldn't be trading him out this week.
2: I'm a bit worried about playing him in my seventeen. I don't really love it. He dropped to twenty-six base on the weekend, which was down from thirty-seven and thirty-three. So he's sliding down on the base front. They got a tough matchup against the Broncos. Um, he scored four tries in three weeks. Oh, it's it's making me nervous. I'll, I'll hold him because get that, fatten him up a bit, and then move him on. Hopefully to a, a gun. But yeah, I don't don't love the having to play him in my seventeen this week. Totally agree. Uh, yeah, but don't don't you're not dropping him though. Well, I'm I was considering it, but. Only to go to a Herbie or a Karaz, basically. Because, um, I mean, Karaz is still going to make the same money as him, right? But obviously, you, you're bringing Karaz in with the view to keep him rather than yep. he's not a cash you know cash play per se. It's more that this is the only week he can buy him. Um, just sure. just to round out the center wing chat, Dan, just a few cheapies to run your eye over. Uh, Tyrell Sloan, Michael Cheekham, and Jermaine Osako.
1: Yeah, I think... I think Asaka, you probably missed the boat. I I I, I wouldn't be getting him. Michael chicam has gone to the bench, so he's not a play in your seventeen, and he might make you a little bit of cash, but it's probably not worth the risk at the
2: moment. Minus break even, a uh, uh, minus break uh break even of minus eleven. So yeah, I think that's a hold. One more week, just get even if he gets twenty or thirty, get that cash, and then get him out yep, of the team and move it hours. on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and Sloan, I just, I've just i never really liked him as a super coach player. He he kept some attacking stats and I had him at the start of the year last year and I was looking good round one and then fizzled out and I don't think he, he ever went good for the whole year after that. So he relies heavily on ha- attacking stats.
2: Yeah, yeah. again, he's, he's, he's one that if you do want to make some money, maybe you can quickly get him in and flip him for over the next three weeks. But uh, again, he's not really one I'd want to play in my 17. I, w- I wouldn't
1: be wasting a trade going Sloan – from Warbrick. Yep. Like thinking, oh, you know, Sloan's gonna make some cash now. Like it's it's you know, a hundred uh, nearly a hundred grand extra. Uh and it's probably gonna cost two trades where you can just hold those two trades and potentially make the same amount of cash. Because it's hard to play Sloan every week, week in, week out as
2: well. Our final position is uh the premium position in Supercoach. Uh all the best players uh fullback. Um interesting week for fullback this week. Um Teddy is on the buy. He's obviously highly owned. Um, of these sort of premium guys, it is actually interesting when you saw the, the fullbacks on um, Super Coach. These premium guys are nowhere to be seen in the top sort of five. Um, the popular move, Chris, is Teddy to Walsh. Is that? Um, are you on that train? And I'm
0: still, you know, like, yeah. Do you, do I, look, I, I don't think it's a bad move given you know Teddy hasn't. He's been slightly under underwhelming for him. To start the season, Reese Walsh. I think you guys mentioned it last week. Is the shiny new toy that everyone wants to play with. Watching him, um, just those attacking stats, pure speed. Um, you know, if the Broncos go on a good run with this nice draw, they've got it. You know, it could be pretty frightening the scores he's throwing up, and I'm not sure if I want to miss out. So I think at the moment I will be moving Teddy on to Walsh. Um, look in terms of you know end of the season obviously you know i think Teddy still teddy and turbo is still the premium way to go in that fullback space but you know Reese Walsh's form and draw it's really hard to ignore
2: i really like the move of um so i'm going to go teddy to Walsh almost certain um teddy i'm not worried about long term but i'm just not seeing what I need to. And on the buy, I think it's a perfect opportunity. Dovetails perfectly with Walsh's first price rise. I'm really excited by going like Walsh back to a Teddy or, or a, um, Latrell in a few weeks time. Once the Broncos are through there and make money, um, fullbacks kind of, yeah, fullbacks kind of that, another position where maybe you can set and forget through the buy period and not worry too much about it. So, um, I'm pumped for that. Um, Dan Turbo is nothing. What more can you say? If you don't have him, I think he's still the absolute priority trade in at fullback, even above Walsh. Um, one agree with that, and two, is there anything else really to say at fullback this week?
1: Yeah, if you don't have if you don't have Turbo, bring him in definitely over Walsh. I think um, you know we've seen enough now. If you didn't already believe, if you weren't a believer at the start, uh, it's just amazing to watch as well. Uh Teddy to Walsh is a good option, I think. Um it's it's been really interesting this year with Teddy. His his base plus power has been at thirty-two, which is like, you know, averaging eight or so below the likes of Hammer. So that's not what you want to see for the start of the year. He still will come good. I think he'll still average seventy for the season, but just with the cash generation you're gonna make and if you, particularly if you don't have any other Broncos outside backs, just Walsh is an easy pickup this week.
2: right thanks boys beautiful position analysis for the week think that really worked quite well actually we'll, we'll debrief post pod um let's get on to our pods of the week so recap of last week uh my pod was um Reece robson worked out quite well 85 good hold for those who brought him in tubes pod was ben hunt not so good uh and jared uh was jerome hughes who has not worked out well at all um Chris, pot of the week for you this week while I look up if there's any Jerome Hughes update.
0: Pot of the week for me this week, Ronaldo. Um, Sharky's play the Dragons and the Warriors in the next two weeks. He's coming off a 70 with a try. His break evens around that um, 49. Um, So if he can jag a couple of tries in the next week, obviously they've got the buy the week after that. But his ownership's down at 3.5%. I like Ronnie. And obviously, I, I, I love the Sharks, so I love cheering Ronnie on.
2: Dan, your pod? Uh, it's a little bit out there,
0: I
1: think you'd say, uh, but it's Jack Bird from the Dragons. So 1.1% owned. Uh, he played 80 minutes on the weekend at lock. Um, he's had some very good base output. Uh, I think he's, his base plus power average is 52 in the, in the first two games. Uh, he looks like he'll definitely – Keep a high minutes posi- per uh, spot this year, even with um, DeBellin coming back. I think he might even go to the edge uh, or play through the middle still. Uh, so I think he's a really good option for a very rock solid center wing, and the the dual really helps too. So
2: yeah, I quite I quite, I quite like it as an option. Like you, you, we've been struggling to find that center wing who plays in the back row. Um, little segue to my pot of the week. Um, He's a guy who, not much known about him and very little fanfare, but um, Connolly Lemu from the Dolphins, he's 354K, available at center wing only. He's been named to start in the back row um, for the Dolphins and they obviously named Kenny Bromwich in the front row. So he got that spot on merit. Now with Felice getting four weeks, I think he's pretty much locked in to starting that back row spot. I'm probably going a week early because he's got a be of 35, but I think he could average sort of in that 55 to 60 point range and that's pretty nice in the center wing for a sort of 350k guy so i think if you've got no other problems i don't actually mind going early on Connolly, but i'd probably recommend just give it a week and see what that role plays out Um, but i think he's one for the back pocket um over the next little while all right let's move on to uh tubes mailbag now sponsored by mailbag bloodstock boys had keats on the weekend in the all-star mile bit of a Bit of a tough, tough watch for supporters, but well done on the on the lads for getting him in, in there. Um, everyone who gets their question read out on Tubes' mailbag this year will go in to win a two and a half percent share in a mailbag bloodstock stock horse. So we thank them for their support. Now, Chris, uh, you're filling in for Tubes tonight, obviously, so you're going to take the Tubes' mailbag question. And uh, this comes in from Luke from Ranwick, um, and the question is: After a resounding head-to-head victory over Tubes last week, where we both barely cracked a thousand or tubes didn't crack a thousand. So Um, Luke's question is, does Teddy need to go for Walsh? Now we touched on this briefly earlier. Um, Is it a case of never trade a gun or can you actually do this in the case of buy flipping? Um, He's saying that it's a big call as he has the Podfather in a
0: head-to-head this week, so he wants to make sure he nails this this trade. Yeah, in terms of never trading a gun, I think it's I think it's a different look this year given the buys. Like I have already this year flipped Cleary and Turbo, and I'm potentially going Teddy this week. So this year, very different. I, I think it's safe to trade a gun. Especially this week, I think you know, as he touched on Teddy, to, Teddy, to Reese Walsh, and he's playing the Podfather, so he wants a victory, and the Podfather's definitely got Reese Walsh. Yep. So, Luke, trade.
2: <laughs> I agree, I agree. Um, I think as well, um, you, you touched on it there, but with the buys, um, the difference between a gun fullback, particularly who's on a buy, and the player that you're going to play as your seventeenth player instead of them. So just say this week you hold Tedesco, that probably means that you have to play like a Trent Liero or a Will Warbrick or a um, Udakamanu instead. Now, that's like a 40-point difference between them and Walsh, you're probably looking at there, um, somewhere between that sort of 25 to 40-point range. So you are giving up a lot of points by doing it. It's kind of just has to what fits for your team. And the upside is, this week is the points, um, the cash. Teddy's going to lose more cash. while she's going to make cash. Um, and uh, and I just think it makes a lot of sense um, this week that trade. So I'm I'm almost certainly going to make that move. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm fully supportive of that one, Luke. Uh, that brings us to the end of the pod tonight. Um, Dan's had to jump off go see a patient. So we thank Dan for joining the pod. Chris, as always, very welcome addition. And uh, enjoy your week and best of luck for round four. Same to you, Matty. Thanks very much for having me. You beauty. Good luck, super coaches.